Welcome once again, true crime enthusiasts. Welcome to another chilling episode of The Dark Place. A show where we try to dive deep into depravity, murder, and regret. But before we get into another episode, please go to all of our social medias. You can type in the other people's show on Spotify, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you all once again for tuning in to The Dark Place. I'm your host, Adam, and tonight we're going to dive into a haunting case that shook a small town, the murder of Brenda Powell. Brenda Powell was a loving mother, a caring wife, and someone that was loved and cherished by everyone that came in contact with her. She had a great relationship with her daughter, Sydney. They were close. They had a bond. A close bond. However, everything changed when her life was tragically cut short. Our journey tonight begins in the close-knit community. And it goes from there. In March of 2020 Sydney Powell was 19 years old she was enrolled in the University of Mount Union around Akron outside and she wasn't doing well in her studies she had fallen behind she wasn't doing her work she was doing too many uh, outside activities and her grades were falling behind. Her father and mother had no prior knowledge that any of this was going on. She carried on with her family as if nothing was wrong. She came in to visit on weekends, hung out with her mother. They went out to eat, went shopping, would watch television together. Her and her her father would joke around about the game, about things of the past. She had a good, solid home base and a solid relationship with those around her. But in March of 2020, when Sydney was only 19 years old, she stabbed her mother after she was afraid her mother was going to find out that she'd been kicked out of school, that she was afraid that her mother would be disappointed in her. 
because she was expelled. So Sidney Powell hit her mother Brenda with an iron skillet in 2020. Right in the face. And then she brutally stabbed her nearly 30 times in the neck and the back of the head. This is what the prosecutor said in the evidence. The University of Mount Union officials were on the phone when the victim and the fatal when when the um, the victim when the fatal attack occurred. So they were on the phone with these people when this attack occurred. So what's happened here, and we we've just jumped right in, is that this girl has had a great relationship with her family. She did well in school. She's going to uh, college, University of Mount Union. And she doesn't want to disappoint her mother. I guess her mother may have had some hopes and dreams for her daughter. Her daughter was studying psychology. So she had gotten, Sydney had gotten, um, you know, a warning about her grades. Her grades continued to... uh, drop and she had failed three out of four classes so then she was asked to to move out but she didn't move off of off of campus and on the third time she was asked is when she finally moved off of campus but she didn't go back home to her mother and father she started staying in these motels and just paying with cash because she did not want to disappoint her family, her mother and father, primarily her mother. So she does come back. She comes back home to visit. And come to find out her father knew, had learned that she had been kicked out. Her father had uh, received a phone call that her daughter was no longer a, a student at Mount University, University of Mount. So she'd been suspended by the university for her poor grades, and um, her father was was going to work. Her father was going out. She'd called. He'd called the mother Brenda, and said, "Hey, listen. Her daughter is, you know, something's going on with her in school. Uh, can you talk to her about this?" So, her mother gets a phone call from the, um, I'm trying to think exactly who it was, but it was one of the school officials. So, the phone rings. Her mother picks up the phone, and before she could even begin to understand what's going on, her daughter picks up an iron skillet and hits her in the face, and then begins stabbing her repeatedly, 20 to 30 times in the back of the neck in the head. So on the other end of the line, after being interviewed by, uh, I think police Lieutenant David Whidden, Whidden, they heard the attack on the other end of the line. They heard thuds repeatedly. They heard screams. And then the phone went dead. 
when they tried to call back minutes later, uh, a woman picked up the phone and it claimed uh, she claimed that it was Brenda. But the school officials knew that it was Sydney instead. The voice on the other end said, yeah, this is Brenda. Yes, this is Brenda. It was not Brenda. I was sure it was Sydney. Both the dean, dean of students and I looked at each other and sort of shook our heads at each other and said, that's not Brenda. He then said, Sydney, I think this is you. This is not Brenda. The phone went dead. Sydney then went and knocked at a window to make it look like maybe a robbery had taken place. And she was covered in blood and wailing uncontrollably on the lawn when the police arrived. She was clawing at the ground, crying, sobbing, covered in blood. She was screaming. The police went in and they found Brenda stabbed, dead in the kitchen. Now, Sydney had originally claimed that uh, a burglary had taken place. A robber had broken in through the window, tried to take some things, and, and killed her mother. But that, that, that didn't last. No one was going to buy that story. The evidence was, was right there. The truth is, really, is that she got caught up in her lies. It became overwhelming, and she was stressed. Her tuition was canceled. Her enrollment was canceled. In that moment, she struck her mother with a frying pan and stabbed her over and over and over, hoping that was finally enough. And then she had awareness to hide what she did. Because the defense claimed that it was uh, she had a uh, psychotic breakdown. The defense also claimed that she had an un, undiagnosed un, uh, schizophrenia. The case wasn't buying that. They knew that this wasn't true. She knew what she was doing. And it all stemmed from the fact that she could not own up and disappoint her mother because she was kicked out of school. She was so caught up in not wanting to disappoint her mother that she killed her mother. She was caught up in that moment. All the lies and all the, all the truths were, were coming back at one time. And hitting her full on. I'm sure she was having some kind of psychotic breakdown. But that's what you get for not being honest about these things to begin with. Brenda, only 50 years old, was killed by her 19-year-old daughter. Now, Sydney's dad, Brenda's husband, asked the judge to be lenient. Sydney received life 
in prison. Uh, I might be mistaken, but I think she is up for a possible parole after 40 years, which would make her 40, uh, I mean, uh, 59 if she were to be paroled at the time. You know, you have to sit back and, and think about a lot of these uh, in a lot of these cases. A lot of these cases where there there's murder, it's been planned in advance. You know, the, the case we had last week and, and even before that, it was a plan that these, in the past, teenage boys, for the most part, um, concocted in their mind, came up with it in their mind. Uh, wrote it out, you know, was obsessed or had these fantasies or showed signs. And often there are those signs. But Sidney Powell didn't really have any of those signs. Like we said, she had a, a great upbringing. She was well-liked, no behavior problems. She did well in school. She had a close bond with her mother, a good bond and a, a great relationship with her father. So when she went off to college, she got out a little bit, um, I guess a little bit wild, started to ditch her responsibilities as a student, but she still wanted to keep up this facade to her mother and her family that she was doing everything that possible to, you know, uh, do great in school. When all these lies and she's kicked out started to pile up, she did not know how to handle when the truth was hitting her right in the face so instead of confronting or uh, admitting and disappointing her mother what does she decide to do she decides to kill her mother hit her stab her blame it on robbery it wasn't premeditated at all i do not uh think that in the least, but I do think that she apparently, you know, obviously she has some, some mental issues, psychological issues. Who jumps to that point in panic to killing someone? I don't know. I do not know. But it is a sad reminder. And this case does serve as a stark reminder that even in these close-knit, tight families where everything seems to be all right, that darkness can lurk beneath the surface. Now, you know, these kind of, these kind of cases do, uh, they always tug a little bit at my heart. Not only due to uh, the tragic murder or murders that have occurred, in these cases but the impact it has not only of the victim or victims 
and the guilty, but the families of both of those people. What they have to deal with and live with every single day. So my heart does go out to, to those that have somehow, uh, you know, within the confines of these things. Thank you all once again for tuning in to another episode of The Dark Place. Please go to all of our social media. That is Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram. The Other People's Show. And please check out all the past shows that we have on there. I think we're approaching probably uh, 29 or 30 episodes of The Dark Place. And uh, there's many, many more to come in the new year. So this concludes another episode of The Dark Place. Join us next time as we delve into another riveting story. A true crime story. And remember, the shadows may hide secrets. But the truth always finds its way into the light. Have a good night.